prepare yourselves for a journey through history. Get equipped for adventure. Grab your power gloves and super scopes, for it's dangerous to go alone. This is the Legend of Retro. Welcome to this week's Legend of Retro podcast. This is Detective Chops, talking from my office in our downtown building, looking for any criminals out there to yeah, watch yeah, their backs. Oh, no. This is, this is Glitch. I'm the Glitch. Yeah. Oh, the greasy Glitch. He's at it again. <laughs> I'm so greasy. <laughs> oh, you're always out uh. there stealing grease. I don't know why you steal <laughs> grease, though. What You'll never it? catch me in my grease. Yeah, no, because you're pretty slick. I'm slippery. Like, I'm yeah. slippery, greasy Glitch. Yeah, I know. That's nah. that's why I'll never catch you because you're disgusting. Nah, you'll you'll need to find these clues. Nah. Oh God. All right. Well, I don't think that's gonna happen. But let's lead into this week's episode. Hey, everybody. Yeah, we're covering uh, we're covering Detective Chops, the video game on the NES, Det- right? Yeah, Detective Chops. Uh, you play as a young detective before he's grown his full. Uh, mutton chop sideburns and as you solve cases your sideburns get bigger and thicker (laughs) and the goal is that you must have full mutton chops to beat the game i i would play the crap out of that i really would (laughs) yeah yes well i'm glad i would have the biggest chops on the block i I would have much rather played that game than what we're (laughs) going to talk about today which is dick tracy for the nes um which I question why we ever decided to record this game, talk about this game. Now that I, I mean, think about it, I own it, and I remember, yeah. I remember Dick Tracy fondly. But this game, I, I'm, I had to rack my brain, and I don't remember it too much until I started to do research. Yeah, I, th- I think we probably both had like a Dick Tracy phase growing up as a kid. Oh uh, like, yeah, cause... I had the watch that had like the, the. Oh, you did. The, um, it didn't have the walkie-talkie built in, but it was like a cheap version of the watch. Oh, okay. Yeah, we had the action figures growing oh, yeah. up. So we had, like, shoulders and all the prune face, all the nasty, ugly, ugly, ugly people. Gotcha. Well, so ugly. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're pretty grotesque, but this game does not do a good job of showing any of that grotesqueness. Uh, this came out on the Nintendo Entertainment System uh, on August, uh, what, 1990? Yeah, 1990. What did it, do we know exactly what day or just 1990? So I couldn't Japan, find Yeah, Japan usually has specific dates. Like if you ever look at a game release that was in Japan, oddly they always have the exact date. In the United States for the NES, it was always just a month. So I don't know if like just no one was tracking what date it was released, or it like would just when it got to shelves it got to shelves like i don't know if that's how it kind of worked i mean uh, i'm assuming it was exactly that there back then like the import export and translation of things was just so shoddily passed through the system that like nobody cared but uh, now now, so this game came out two months after the movie two months okay yeah but it's not based on the movie no it's not it's not at all based on the movie. So it's based on the comic strip. Which the movie's but, based off of. Right. But obviously they were working with this movie coming out as kind of like a cash grab. Like, oh, people are going to want a Dick Tracy video game. Let's get something out there. And this is the 
what what they regurgitated. This is what came came from that. I mean, if you want a good idea of the um, train wreck that is the Dick Tracy movie, you can go to the Last Action Podcast and listen to their episode that I was on. And, yeah, you were on that. Yeah. Um, you could probably see why this game was not based on the movie. I, well, I, I don't know. I doubt so you they don't had like the any movie? communication besides advertising. I, I appreciate the movie. I don't think it's great. I don't think it's terrible. No, yeah, yeah. I'm just mean as far as like um, the the way it came about the the oh, okay. with Warren Beatty gotcha. and, and his you know obsession with Dick Tracy. But um, both it's 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 great to see two different media's uh, tr- try to gain inspiration from a comic strip and then produce two totally different things. A comic strip that had been like dead for decades. Oh, many years, many years. Yeah. Well, and yeah. that's the thing is that so Dick Tracy for the NES is supposed like when you see it, you associate the movie, which is this like it's supposed to be this detective action comedy. And I don't even think it was supposed to be a comedy. It was supposed to be more actiony, but it was very campy. Yeah. Um, and so you're hoping to get some of that colorfulness from the video game because they were so heavily marketed together. But what you get from this game is it, it feels like just like just, a half executed, like we just need to put something out there. We don't care if it's not good. We don't care if it's not like a, a fleshed out game. It's just going to yeah. get out there. I mean, that's just kind of how the NES movie adaptive, like just that culture was. They did. They basically just pushed out games. They were all just a simple platformer. They had one or two different things than all the others, and and then that was it. And they just pushed it out, and that's kind of what happened here. And I mean, so I I guess we should go into what Dick Tracy is because I don't know. I'm, I'm assuming there's people that don't know oh, what Dick yeah. Tracy is. There's probably a lot of people who listen who do know, but anyone who is new to retro video gaming that, that likes to listen to the show, yeah, probably would have no idea who Dick Tracy is. Yeah, so it was a comic strip made by Chester Gould. Uh, in October of 1931. And he first appeared in the Detroit Mirror, which was a morning tabloid newspaper in Detroit, Michigan. And it would have a cast of characters that would try to, you know, get away with crime. And at the time, I guess it was like a pretty, out, like it was very violent for a comic strip. Yeah. It was a lot of uproar. But that's actually what kind of got it famous. It was like bad publicity that caused it to be really popular. And it, it always featured an eccentric gangster, as yeah. I'll say, because yep. you had um, characters like Mumbles, who mumbled all the time, a Prune Face, which is an actual like wrinkly faced guy, um, Shoulders, who had big shoulders, yep. um, Little Face, Little Face, who had literally a big head <laughs> with a small face in it um flat top, flat top. Yep, yeah flat, flat top, top which had a and flat actually, head in the comic strips and i guess in the movie flat top is like aside from big boy who is like the main villain and you'll find out as we talk about the game the one who you're after mm-hmm. uh, flat top is like the main gangster like the one who has the biggest feud with dick tracy yeah and i guess in the comic strip spoiler i mean it this happened i guess in the 40s uh, after like decades of them going back and forth, Tracy finally kills Flattop, and I guess it was like a big uproar that they killed off like one of the main villains in yeah, this in the series. These these detective comics really were 
I mean, we, the, the, the world has changed so much since then, but, you know, it was those things when they looked the other way when you, like, killed the suspect or, like, pursued justice on your own. <laughs> like, yeah. like it, it, it's weird because in the game, like, it's very by the book. You have to have the evidence to arrest somebody, otherwise you can't arrest them in the game. And um, so it's really interesting to see. And even in the movie, he's very much by the book, kind of. He, like, yeah. except for he arrests people just, like, without probable cause and tries to pin evidence on them, which seemed a little shady. But anyways. Um, yeah. So what was the when was the first time you played this game? Do you remember? God, I don't. Um, I, I was remember this one always that your having, brother had yeah, growing I just remember up? always like having this. Yeah. yeah. I, I bought into the Dick Tracy um, hype with the movie, with the toys, with the watch. And just fell in love with the character, and as far as I remember, it was always there. And I don't know if that was because of my brother or if it was a gift for me, but it was there. Yeah, I remember having fond memories playing this game. I also have memories of not knowing what we were doing playing this game. Mm -hmm. It was just kind of us driving around, finding a building that we could go into, walking into it, and then just like dying thousands and thousands of times yeah so but yeah this was one that my brother one of my brothers had growing up honestly like i want to say because i have two older brothers uh my oldest brother the nintendo i've said like a million times on the show that was his nintendo so all the original games that we had growing up you know ice climber mario brothers those were his and then me and tom started playing video games i want to say this was one of tom's first games that he got because he was more into Dick Tracy than I was. Mm -hmm. And uh, we would just, yeah, we would just sit there not knowing what's going on and just hand the controller back and forth as we died, died over and over. <laughs> well, I mean, the, the premise of this game is you're supposed to solve a uh, crime and, and pin it on the, the correct suspect. Yeah. And you start off in the office um, as Dick Tracy, and you can either view the suspects, check your notes, or go out on the streets. And when you go out on the streets, if this is the first time you play the game, because that's what you're going to do first, you don't really care about the suspects, you just want to get to the gameplay, you, you are in a police car. And it's like a really weird, angled police car. Now, back then in driving games, there, you most of your driving games were, what, side-scrolling, top-down view, or yeah. behind the vehicle. Yeah, like Spy Hunter, Rad Racer, yep, uh, OutRun, they were all like... Just either one direction. This this game was almost a three-fourths perspective where, like, buildings were... You could see the face of them and you could see the roof of them, but you couldn't see the back. Um, yeah. But the car itself was also, like, three-fourths where you could see the top and the side. But it, like... It, it, like, pivots on its rear tires. And then when you turn, it flips the, the sprite. Well, so, like, it pushes you into the right lane. Yeah. Which is really awkward. Like it's 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 it like on paper it doesn't sound bad, but when you're coming into an intersection and you're halfway through it and you turn right, in you know modern games you could drive on the left side of the road, but this game like pushes you to the right, which really screws with you. Yeah, and like traffic can be coming your way and it pushes you right into a car. Yep, the or pushes you directly into a a sniper. Which by the way. So there's snipers on the building, which are the most annoying part of this game, I think. Yep. And they're constantly shooting at you. For the longest time growing up, I thought those were like turrets on the building. Well, they might as well, and then You can't really tell. 
Yeah, you can't. But I like it wasn't until like I read the manual because that's what we had. We have it. Uh, I was like, oh, there's snipers. Like all this time, I thought it was like a like a machine just going off on yeah. top of a building. No, it's it's awful. Like it, this is a perfect example of the game. Kind of prevents the player from enjoying it. It's not anything to do with like the story's boring or there's not a yeah. lot of complexity. It's literally controls. Yeah. But like Chops is saying, so like you don't look at your notes when you start off because you just want to get to the action. So you hit the you hit the streets, right? So you don't know what you're doing. You hit the streets. You're getting shot at. You can't can't go where you want to go, and you come across a building. Let's say it's called Fifth and H. Everything's got like fir- fourth They've and got a, yeah number and a. Yeah, so it's a gigantic map by the way for an NES game, it's which huge. is kind of cool, but it really hurts you because, as we'll talk further into this game, you don't have a lot of health. Enemies are coming at you from every direction. Mm-hmm. You can die super easy. Yeah, and, yeah. and it's um, very much like you're on your own. You don't know what to yeah. do if you didn't look at your notes. Yeah, so like you come across a building, 5th and 8th, you walk inside, you don't know what you're doing, and there could be literally nothing in t- inside that building. There could be a person, and he gives you no advice Yeah, that's whatsoever. the thing is that th- there was a lot of games back in the day where they made levels purposefully to provide no help towards resolution or achieving a goal in the game. Yeah. Like, I don't understand. <laughs> I don't understand, like, like why wouldn't you put something in there? Like I mean, I guess, I guess the point of this one is you're supposed to be playing a detective, so you're supposed to use your smarts and right, try to figure it out a, that way. So the other thing is it's the same clues and same process every time, right? Same buildings? They don't if rotate, do they? Yeah, so it's not random. So the right. first stage is always the same buildings, always the same perk, always the same clues. Yep. So so in that case, then you already know what's, what's going to be in what <laughs> building. Why not make other things have other stuff? Right. And, you know, you, know you, you bring up a good point, too, because another thing about this game is you do actually need those clues. So let's say you've played this game through its entirety. So, you know... In the first case, because there's, what, five cases? Uh, Six I think cases? so. Five clues, yeah. Well, so the first game has five clues, but there's cases. Oh, I didn't know there was cases. I didn't get Yeah, that so far. there's multiple. Yeah, there's multiple bad guys. Oh, I, you might not have gotten that far. Uh, Why? So, Why oh, would there's you four. do this? There's four? Yeah, no, there, I think there's five. So, anyways, so let's say at the end of the first mission, you know who's the bad guy. Let's say it's yeah. Shoulders. So you could find out, you know, it's got the mug shots. It tells you where Shoulders is. You can go right to his place. Walk right up to him and arrest him, but because you don't have the evidence, it doesn't. Happen. He can get away free, and you get scolded yeah. by your by your uh, your uh, the whatever sergeant. It's ridiculous, and and then you like you know you lose a continue or whatever it is, or you no, get you get a warning. No I think you get like three warnings, right, or something. Yeah. There's no continues when you die. Yeah, you there is no continues. Well, so there's a, there's a password system, but that's only if you complete a mission. But, uh, yeah, so so you have to go into the menu, look at your notes, and they'll tell you, like, they give you, like, a hint about a location. Yeah, so like you, a notepad. Yeah, so you go to that location, there'll either be a clue or someone that'll give you a clue. Right. And once you've but collected all the, of them. Only the clues that that you find and are not told show up in the notepad. Yeah. It, you don't, like, so you have to remember them yourself. Yeah, so, like, if you went up to a guy and he's like, go to, you know sixth and b and you forgot what he just said it doesn't show up in your notepad the only thing that shows up in your notepads are like oh we found a footprint oh we found like a fingerprint 
Yeah, it's ridiculous. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Like this game, I, I don't understand. Like, I don't know if this was a bad translation of what they expected from a American comic to this being made by you know Bandai, yeah. um, or what. But it was just very poor execution. All right, so. The next thing on this game, though, is you get, you know, you have your office, you get into your car, you get into the building. The building is a side view. The side scroller. Side scroller, yeah. Yeah, except for it's like the slowest, most (laughs) least exciting side scroller you've ever played. The combat is so terrible. So you can punch or shoot. Yes. But here's the catch. If you shoot an unarmed man, it decreases your health. Right, yeah. So you have to punch unarmed people while dodging bullets getting shot at you. Um, Often enemies just like walk right in front of your bullet shots as you're trying to shoot those guys and then you just kill them anyways. Yeah, yeah. And the item system is not helpful at all or intuitive. So, I mean, if it was like punch is A and shoot is B, that wouldn't be so bad. No. But what is it, Glitch? Tell us what you it is. Hit, you have to hit, like, select. You have to, to hit change, select. To cycle through right. your weapons. And yep. there's more than, like, one thing. Because there's there's also your health that you have to use. Yep. So you have to cycle through that. And if you have, like, a special punch, you have that inside your item menu. You have to, like, cycle through an entire menu to get to your gun. All while this guy's probably got, like, seven bullets in you already. Yep, exactly. Yeah. And you have to, if you're using anything other than the gun... You have to press B and select at the same time to use it. So, yeah, that's for the health kit. Yeah, yeah, for the health kit. In order to use the health kit, you have to press select when you have the item before it equipped and then hit B or A or whatever it is B to at use the same it. time to use it. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. So there's hearts that are that are the first aid kits. Oh, yeah. And, um, and your, your health is denoted by, like, police badges yeah, it's badges yeah you get four badges which i think every time you get hit you lose half a badge yep so you literally get like eight hits and you're dead yep no continues all the clues you've gotten gone. all the progress you made gone yeah this game is unforgiving like <laughs> there's I can't a boxing glove i didn't yeah. i like this game growing up i just i just remember having fun like just putting it in and not just playing around I think I think yeah, that was much a, it more wasn't enjoyable. A game, it wasn't a game to finish. It was a game to be like, I'm Dick Tracy. I'm going to drive this car. <laughs> oh, I'm going to punch this guy. And that was it. It was a gimmick. Yep. Uh, so there's a boxing glove, which was actually pretty cool. You would punch someone and they'd spin around. It was called the super punch. Yeah. What did they do? They just spun and around. They would like run? spin around and fly off the screen. And if they if there was like another enemy on the screen as they went by, they would take them out too. Oh, okay. It was wacky. There was a grenade, which apparently was tear gas. Oh god! And then there was a Tommy gun, which you could use, and it would shoot really Does fast. Does the tear gas actually do something? It, all the enemies on the screen uh, disappear. Oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah. Even the unarmed ones. Yeah, everything. Like I, this, there's like a dog or something that comes at you at some points. There's mice. What? When you get into like the sewers, there's mice. Oh man. Uh, so everything on the on the screen, if you have the tear gas and use it, they uh, disappear. That's so crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's it's definitely a game to try out. Um, but don't right, I gotta, spend more than 20 minutes on it. So I have a trivia game I created here, Chops, oh, for God. you. About, and I want to see... About this game? 
How you do. So this is, uh, as we discussed at the beginning of the, of the episode, there's many villains. There's like over 250 villains in the Dick Tracy comic book series. And they all have the most outrageous, like, descriptive names. Yes. Which, actually, I want to talk to you a little bit about real quick. I love it. So, like, oh. so like Shoulders has big shoulders. So, Dick Tracy. Is that an, uh, is that, uh, is that an adjective or an occupation? Because. It's, it's his name. His name's Richard, right? Yeah, but Dick is also a name for a detective. Correct, yeah. So is he Dick Tracy because he's a detective? So is his first name and last, like, is his first name Tracy? No, his last name's Tracy. So he's Detective Tracy. He's Detective Tracy. So what's his first name? Richard. So he's Detective Dick Tracy. He's, yes, he's, he's, he's Dick, Dick, Tracy. Dick Tracy. Dick Dick Tracy. Yes. Okay. That's what I, I think. Just, I have no idea, but that's right. what I'm going to go with. But anyway, so back to the trivia. So I picked. <laughs> oh, I thought I that was part of it. I thought you were going to no, tell no. me an answer. So I have, I have 12 names here. Okay. Some of which are real Dick Tracy villains. Okay. Some of which I created up myself. Ooh, yes. yes. So you have to tell me if it's a real Dick Tracy okay. villain okay. or if it's a fake one. Hit me with it. So here's the first one. Tony Little. That's a fake one. Correct. Do you know who Tony Little is, by the way? No. That is that fitness instructor guy that made the gazelle. Do you remember oh, the gazelle? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, Tony yeah, Little. that's, that's yeah, Tony Little. That. Yeah. All right. All right. Next one. Number two. Diamond Eyes. Oh, that's totally a Dick Tracy villain. That is fake. What? Oh, man. Yeah. That'd be great. Let's take it Number three. Fly Face. Okay, that's a Dick Tracy villain. That is a Dick Tracy villain. Yeah. He is a lawyer who frequently surrounded by flies to the point where his female companion is constantly spraying him with bug spray. Oh, nice. That's, yeah. That's healthy. Number four. Toothpaste. Toothpaste? Yeah. Uh, I got to say that's that's not a real one. That is not a real one. I made that one up. Okay. <laughs> You're doing pretty good so far. Uh, Dr. Freeze Dry. Dr. Freeze Dry? Uh, I'm going to go with a fake one. That one is real. Oh, really? He is a German scientist who specializes in the study of cryo, uh, cryogenics. Cryogenics, uh, yeah. Cryogenics, yep, thanks. Known for helping bring prune face back to life. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, peaches de cream. That's got to be a real one. That is a real one. That's gotta be. <laughs> Wait, and here is the description of Peaches de Cream. A man born with a medical condition that made him almost entirely hairless frequently uses a smooth, uh, hairless complexion to disguise himself as a woman. Okay, so, all right. <laughs> I don't think we need to comment anymore on that. Uh, uh, yeah, he's, uh, he's, he's a real peach. Let's, yeah, yeah. Uh, what's the next yeah. one? <laughs> Uh, number seven, Sweaty Steve. Oh, that's a, that's a fake one. That is a fake one, but we, but we do know of uh, Sweaty Steve. Yep. Uh, number eight, <laughs> number eight, Sphinx. Oh, that's a real one. That is a real one. Yes. Yeah, he's an accomplice of Chewy Lou. Oh, Chewy Lou. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was rendered mute after drinking poison meant for one of his enemies. Oh, mysterious. Right, num yeah, number nine, Oily. Oily. 
I'm going to go with a, it's a real villain. That is a real villain. Yeah, he's a gas station attendant in Secret's Accomplice. Accomplice. Uh, Accomplice. Thank you. Of the mole. Is he? Uh, does he have any relation to Greasy Glitch? <laughs> He's my cousin. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. We, I see him at Christmas every year. Nice. All right. <laughs> uh, Joe Scoopski Potato Gatto. I- I'm gonna go with a real one. <laughs> that one is fake. Okay. Uh, and if any of you listeners are impractical Joker fans, that's Joe Gatto, who is known for the Scoopski Potato. I don't know what that means, but I'll take your. Do word you not watch it. Impractical Jokers? You got to no, watch that show. No, I do not. It gives Very me good. too much anxiety. Very good show. Thunder Child. Oh, Thunder Child. Is that a real one? That is a real one, and he is a professional wrestler Ooh. who committed grand larceny by stealing a load of charity money. Wait, what? That's that's larceny. Isn't larceny like car theft? I think it's just. Stealing, I don't know. Isn't it? It's just stealing, so he just stole money. Yeah. Grand Theft Auto is Oh yeah, that's 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 yeah. yeah. Alright, cool. Yeah, yeah. Alright, number twelve, Captain Gridiron. Captain Gridiron. No, that's a fake one. That's not yeah, that's not what... a real Dick Tracy villain. Yeah, you know what that is though, right? Captain Gridiron, why do I know that? Is that um name of a football player? Like a nickname of a football player? G.I. Joe Oh G.I. Joe. G.I. Joe, that's it, yeah. You know, I know what's funny is I came up with that one last, and I was like, man, you know what I should have done was real Dick Tracy names versus G.I. Joe uh, names. G.I. Joe names. Gosh, that would have been so great. Oh, we'll have to man. do that on an episode. We'll, we'll have to figure something like that when we'll have uh, to do that we with get LBJ. you and LBJ. Yeah, yeah. yeah, well, yeah we'll, we'll grill him and see if he can guess right. if, it's a, if it's a Tracy <laughs> villain or a G.I. Joe character. Yeah. All right. Uh, So what do you got on speedrun? Do you got anything for that? Um, So anybody who wants to speedrun this game is crazy. Because I only saw one record. Really? Did you you see any others? I didn't watch the speedrun on this. I only saw one recorded record on speedruns.com. And it was by Zerfall. He is a, a more braver man than us. 21 minutes, 6 seconds. Is that all missions? Um, oh, let me look it up. I feel like that would have to be all missions because I'm I'm pretty sure. I feel like you could breeze through if you knew where to go in like five minutes. Um, let's see. View rules. There are no rules. It doesn't <laughs> say. I didn't watch it. It was made a year ago. There's only one record for the NES version. There's only one record for the G the Game Boy version as well. It just says any percent, so... Um, I'm, I'm going to assume that's all missions. I'm yeah. assuming that. Because at the end of the game, you catch a big boy, and you put him away, and that's how the game ends. Gotcha. Okay. Because once once you finish a mission, it brings you right into the next one. So there isn't like a like a game over, or like a level select. So I feel like it would have to be all the missions. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, it's... I didn't watch it because I watched the angry video game nerd video on it. <laughs> Did you watch that? Yeah, I've seen that. I haven't watched it in years. It is it is hilarious, but uh, it kind of summed up what the game was, and I was like, I don't need to watch a speed run then because <laughs> it's a uh, it's an awful game. You got to collect those clues. Oh, Without the clues, man. it's just uh, 
You're just, just a, a really nothing. crappy game. You're just a yeah. stupid gumshoe. With no you ain't no evidence. detective chops. You ain't, ain't no detective chops. You ain't no, no de detective chops. You ain't got no clues. I mean, yeah, see, yeah, you can't yeah, pin see? me. You ain't got no yeah. You're a pencil pusher. Yeah, see. <laughs> oh God. Any other uh, any other final thoughts on Dick Tracy? Uh, before we get into the music, honestly, yeah. I gotta say. Uh, don't play this play the genesis version instead <laughs> yeah it's way better uh i just i never played any of the other versions this one i just have like you know fond memories of of just going around shooting and driving and and dying it's it's mostly an example of how your brain as a child remembers things differently from when you reflect on it as an adult i mean or it's you could look into the episodes we've done like three stooges Fester's Quest, and realize that I just had really bad games growing oh, up. Oh, yeah, you did. You just have a yeah, bad taste yeah. in games. I just, <laughs> that's, and that's why I bring it to you guys in these retro relapses, because I want you guys to experience... Experience the childhood that was your horrors. what I what I grew up with. Oh, God, jeez. Alright, well, let's get into the music. It's not a it's not a full soundtrack. Like, yeah, let's, let's hear a word a from, lot of from one of our partners first, oh, and then we'll, oh, yeah. we'll get into the music. Yes. I forgot how the show goes, so yeah, let's do that. <laughs> Let's do it. Hey, it's me, everybody, Tim Kittrow. I'm here to talk to you about Old School Gamer. Old School Gamer is the magazine for gamers. It covers arcade and retro gaming, gives you gaming history and in-depth interviews with people like me who are there, and it lets you know what conventions are happening and when. Issues come out once every other month, plus a website full of even more razzle-dazzle, and it's all for just 30 bucks a year. So visit OldSchoolGamer.com and subscribe now. Boom-shakalaka! All right, we're back. Yes. Now we can listen to the music. Do I have your I, permission? We can listen to the music. I have your blessing. We can listen to all four songs. Okay. Well, um, Dick Tracy, like we said, developed by Bandai, but the composer is uh, George Sanger and David Hayes. Ooh. You may be familiar with David Hayes. Are you? What? Uh, no. Enlighten me. Oh. Well, we're gonna listen to the first track. And then we'll see if you recognize his work, okay? Okay. All right, so here's the title screen song. to that <laughs> did you did you pick up on it did you pick so up uh, there's a lot anything? of there's a lot of bass to it uh-huh like i don't know battle toads no. but i feel like that's rare so it's probably david wise i don't but know we'll listen to the next song office and see if you can we'll go from there and see if you can guess it okay all right all right all right, all right.
to get get any uh, get any hits from that one. So that had no base. So now I'm just completely thrown off. Okay. All right. All right. Uh, is he? Wait. Let me just shot in the dark. Is he known for the Dick Tracy soundtrack? No. He's not. I mean, he. It is one of his listeners, well, there you go. but he's not I known it. for it. I don't think. I got it. All right. We're gonna go to the streets. Uh, this is like when you're driving around. because it's very jazzy yeah it's actually pretty calming for considering the chaos that is going on as you're driving around did the uh did the harmonizing bass octaves sound familiar to you yeah no no i I got nothing you got nothing all right we're gonna we're gonna get to the last one this is the building theme that we're gonna listen to and then after that i'm gonna tell you if you don't figure it out okay all right so here it is All right, first off, that's the best song on the soundtrack. It's Can we just agree really to that? Good. Yeah, it is really good. That is a great good. song. That song has no business being in such a crappy game. No, it's just it's just like Silver Surfer. Like it has yeah. no business. Oh being yeah, Silver like Surfer, great example of a yes. game that's just terrible but has a great soundtrack. All right, so I do have a guess this time. Okay. And that song sounds a lot like it's from Maniac Mansion. That is correct. Is that really it? David Hayes is the composer for Maniac Mansion. Okay, because none of the other songs sounded like that one. And then as soon as that came out, I was like, God, that sounds like Maniac Mansion. Yep. That So the bass was the first thing that gave it away for me. Because okay. Maniac Mansion has a lot of heavy it bass does. under yeah. its songs. And that and, intro has is a big bass song. Yep. And then, yep, when I got to this song, 
it 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 immediately also clicked for me. I'm like, I think I know this composer. Um, so yeah, he did Maniac Mansion, The Rocketeer, the Indiana Jones games for the NES, California games for the AMI, which is what the Amiga. So did, I'm, um, I'm curious though because I wouldn't I wouldn't have thought initially because Maniac Mansion was done by Lucas Arts, right? Yeah, so he was part of the team on there. He it was George Sanger and David Hayes on there. Um, as well as David Govett, David Warhol, Chris Grigg, and David Lawrence. Okay. So it was a larger group, um, but I, I do think that um, you can hear some of his influences in there for sure. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Especially in that last track. Yep. So, um, yeah, I, I think that if you had a choice between this and Maniac Mansion, you play Maniac Mansion. Yes. Um, as well as... Um, what you do is you play Maniac Mansion, you listen to this song, and then you listen to the Silver Surfer soundtrack while you're playing the other game. And then you listen to the Maniac that. Mansion soundtrack. Your head might explode, but it'll be worth it. <laughs> yeah, right. It's it's very confusing. It probably <laughs> sensory overload, but I don't care. Um, but yeah, that's uh, that's all she wrote for Dick Tracy. Um, Any final thoughts? Like, uh, No, I don't want to yeah, talk anymore. Go listen to the Last Action Podcast. Yeah. And, oh, yeah. Uh, Go check out the Dick episode Tracy. that I was on. It was great. Sphinx hated it. Um, it of course was, he it was, did. It was a pleasure. Of course, Sphinx hated Dick Tracy. He yeah. hates everything. Yeah, it was a pleasure recording. He likes the poo poo on every movie they see. He does. The, I, I was half tempted to play Dick Tracy's song from the movie, the Back in Business one with Madonna. Oh, such a great song. <laughs> such a great song. But, anyways, um, what's up next? We are going to go into our Retro Rewind. Oh, no, another Retro Rewind. Wow. Uh, I can't speak either. Um, Different from our our previous stuff. So, yeah, let's let's get into it. Ready to go back in time? It's Retro Rewind. Grand Theft Auto 3. I'll get into CDI starting at $2.99. Say it. Say it! The Nintendo Entertainment System. Now you're playing with power. Oh. I always wanted to do that because of Wayne's World. We um, made it. We made it. We Just made so, uh, it to 1990. So yeah, new, newer segment here. I know we did this last. You, you and Craig did this last week. Yes, yes. I wanted to be in it. I wanted to see how it was. So yeah. definitely, fans, reach out to us and let us know if you like this. Yeah, absolutely. We love your feedback, and we like to change things up every now and then. So, um, yeah. this is so we, uh, where we're going to go back into the year the game was released. Try to focus on news around the month that it came out. If we can't find anything too interesting there, we'll just give you some facts about the year. Yeah. So, actually, what I did, surprise to you, I actually oh. just found out all the games that were released in August of 1990. Ooh. And decided to let everyone know kind of what video games were coming out around that time okay well so what came out so uh for both japan and the united states we got teenage mutant ninja turtles follow the foot clan for the game boy oh my god i love that game it is like one of my favorite games on the game boy i love that game yeah we'll definitely have to cover that that one soon i think it is on the on the dock but we'll we'll get to it eventually okay uh one that actually you, you guys have covered on this show for the Sega Genesis, Michael Jackson Moonwalker. Ooh, another classic, great soundtrack game. Poor gameplay. <laughs> Michael! 
that game that game haunts me. Yeah. <laughs> so, is that another one from your childhood? Yeah. Well, actually, I didn't have a Genesis growing up, but oh, yeah. uh, I I do have it now, and I kind of wish I would never bought it. Oh, jeez. I think I got put on a list when I when I purchased oh, it. Oh, all right. Well, that's that's not good. <laughs> uh in japan they got amazing penguin for the game boy which uh we had deadite on for i want to say it was nfl blitz that's what he brought for his retro relapse it's a pretty fun like puzzle game Mm -hmm. you play as a little penguin you push around some ice blocks oh okay uh for the famicon in japan they got journey to silius oh nice so got robocop for the famicon even better and for the disc system they got Dig Dug 2, uh, Trouble in Paradise. Oh, I thought you were going to say Electric Boogaloo. That would have been way better. Electric, everything 2 is Electric Boogaloo. Yeah, and yeah. if it's not, that's just a bad title. Exactly. They, they failed in development <laughs> that. Uh, in, the, in North America, we got Punch-Out fe- featuring Mr. Dream. So this is after, after the, Mike Tyson yeah. got pulled from, from Punch-Out. Biting Vander Holyfield's ear off. Yeah. <laughs> He had a quite a career. Oh yes. All can say. Oh yes. Uh, for the, also for the NES, we got Swords and Serpents. Okay. And Total Recall. Nice. For the Game Boy, we got Double Dragon. Classic. Uh, the Neo Geo Multi Video System Arcade was released. So that's the chops you've been to my my house. That's the arcade I have in my basement. Oh okay. We can swap yeah. the cartridges in and out. Yeah yeah. The MVS, that's what that is. That was released in August. And probably the best game on this list, Splatterhouse for the TurboGrafx-16. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's a huge game. Lots of love around that game. Awesome game and has really good songs, too, on that soundtrack. Not all the – the entire soundtrack isn't good, but there's a gem on that in that game that's just awesome. I love it. Wow. Yeah, so that's – that was what was going on. I mean, it's not a – it's not like there's not like busters like uh, big ones like Super Mario Brothers. It wasn't like a Mega Man or anything that came out that year. But these are all pretty solid games. For yeah, I, th- I think it's great. I think it's a great yeah. <clears throat> release year. Yeah, um, the MVS. MVS. I mean, I I never knew what that was until I met you. So there you go. Neo Geo baby. Well, I'm gonna give you some history around the year 1990. Yeah, what do you got? Um, the average cost of a gallon of gas was a dollar thirty-four. The average income was twenty-eight thousand nine hundred sixty dollars. And the cost, average cost of a new home, was a hundred and twenty-three thousand. Huh. It's pretty crazy. Um, some notable things, though, that happened in the U.S. The most complete skeleton of a T-Rex was found in South Dakota, and that sued the T-Rex. Um, it was over 90% complete and measured 13 feet uh, tall and 40 feet long. I would have imagined it'd be bigger than that for some reason. I, mean, I guess 40 feet is actually... It's pretty good. Yeah, if I guess if I saw it in person, I think it, oh, it's you'd, pretty big. Oh, you'd crap your pants. Um, yeah, probably. Like most people would. Um, the show Your Love, The Simpsons, aired on Fox for the first time in 1990. Did it? Yep. I thought the show came out in 89. It did, but it may not have been on Fox. Oh, it might have been. Yeah, I don't know. 
I might need Craig to verify this. Listen, I'm using a totally reputable site called thepeoplehistory.com. So. Called w- Wikipedia? Yeah, I'm going to go change totally. it right now. Um, and then also, the other big thing happening literally in the month of August, August 2nd, was the r- invasion by Iraq of Kuwait. And the Operation Desert Shield began uh, for the United States and the UK to send troops to Kuwait. And uh, during this time, the U.S. entered a bad recession, which had a bunch of repercussions for the years following. And, if, and you know, just got to set the tone here, as Craig likes to do, for those, you know, heart wrenchers. Um, yeah. Some Bring crazy it to a dark, stuff. dark place. I mean, it's crazy stuff happening in the world. The only thing that makes me feel somewhat good about 1990, besides the games you release, was that Tim Berners-Lee, do you know who that is? Who is it? Tim Berners-Lee. No. Well, he formally published his proposal for the World Wide Web in November of 1990. Um, That was the beginning of the idea that um, the people at CERN in Switzerland... Um, who helped them develop all the technology and stuff that they should make this global idea of sharing documents universal for scientific and educational purposes around the world. Wow. Um, so 1990 is kind of a, a not only a um, an interesting year politically and I would say climate-wise of, of things going on, but also um, a, a huge stepping stone in kind of what's making this podcast capable of us being able to record over the web um, while we're in our homes trying to be safe. so and, and you guys able to listen to it. Exactly. So it's kind of cool that we have, one, this crappy game that we're talking about, but it <laughs> kind of helps us realize the landscape of the world in 1990 and, and some of the things that were coming ahead of us. So, Are you claiming that Bandai's invention of Dick Tracy the video game isn't as monumental as the World Wide Web? I mean... Come on. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely saying that. Definitely <laughs> okay. saying that. I'm also right. saying that Furbies were really popular in 1990. And, and oh, that, yeah. And, and they were $40 a piece. We had a Furby. Yeah. Furbies it was can, creepy. Furbies are worse than Dick Tracy for NES. I almost said just as bad, but they're worse. They're totally worse. Not as bad as my buddies. My, I don't even... Oh, my buddies and my buddy and me. Yes, wherever they were, whatever yes, the Chucky yes. thing was. Yes, I thought it was yes. my buddies, but I don't remember. I don't if remember that's if right. that's what it's called, but uh, yeah, he's awful too. But that's uh, our retro we- rewind for the year nineteen ninety. Yes, the rewind. The rewind. Um, again, if you like this this little topic that uh, segment of our show, please let us know. If you don't, please let us know. And uh, we if you don't we'll shut the hell up. All right, exactly. Um, but, uh, that's it for that retro rewind. Well, I'm going to never say that correctly. Um, maybe we'll change the name of it. We'll see. Um, uh, next though. Yeah. We're going to the, uh, our, our music bracket. Our music bracket. No, no, that's not. No, no, that's not it. Let's just go with music bracket. bracket. Let's do that. We'll, We'll do the music bracket. So what do we got today? Chops? Who is fighting who I think, I think we're, uh, we're almost wrapping up round two. Uh, yeah, yeah, we are. We got some heavy hitters today. Um, yeah, this is where it gets pretty. Se- I mean, this whole round has been pretty serious. 
I mean, it's it's honestly been the most disappointing for me, but... Um, <laughs> you still have a dog I, I, in the race. You, all you need is one it's dog gonna to it's win gonna the gonna race. Lose. It's going to lose so bad. Um, we have this week Super Mario Bros. 2 Overworld theme um, composed by uh, Mr. Amazing Koji Kondo. Um, so let's give this a listen. If you're not familiar with that song, you've been living under a rock for most of your years. Um, classic Mario theme, even though it's yeah. not based, even though the, like the the origin of that game is not a Mario game. No, it's not. Yeah, you guys, uh, you guys did an episode talking about uh, what is it? Um, Doki Doki Panic. Doki Doki Panic. Yeah, that's right. I just like saying the name. That's why I remember it. I, I, the things that I remember, Glitch, <laughs> are mostly just for my enjoyment, not any relevance or use out there in the real world. I can say that's a, that's a good one to remember. Yeah, Doki Doki Panic. Only ten people know what I'm talking about outside of this podcast. <laughs> Anyways, that song is going up against Sonic the Hedgehog 1's Green Hill Zone. Oh, man. And it is composed by Masato Nakamura. Um, again, this is a heavy-hitting bracket, and I don't—I honestly don't know how it's going to go. Um, uh, sometimes I say that, and I know exactly how it's going to go, What usually when it's up against my pick. But um, <laughs> in this case, they're both really iconic songs. Um, and and I, I won't be surprised. I mean, I will be surprised on whichever one wins. Well, so far, I mean, we can say at this point, not a Sonic game or a Mario game has lost. So this will be the uh, this will first... be the one that that breaks that streak for either one. Wow! Wow! Lots of lots of weight in this matchup. A lot oh. of pressure. A lot of pressure. So let's, let's hear let's hear Sonic. Let's give it a listen.
reason why I like the song the most, or not the most, but why I like the song a lot, is because like I feel like I could play it on a Casio keyboard. Yeah, uh, it's not like like super complicated, but at the same time, it it has a lot going on, yeah. and it's it's funny because both of these are like first stage themes that are that are in the battle they today. They are. I didn't think about but, that. Uh, but they're just so catchy. It's 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 one of those like it might not be the most you know the best song maybe on that in that game but it's the most popular because it's the first stage it's you the, hear it it's the initial. song that it's a song you relate to the yeah, game it's a song you it's the first song you hear other than whatever opening theme it is but and, yeah. and it's the first time you're exploring the game so it's vivid memories within uh gameplay in that song but also it's one of the most they're the most like palatable repeating songs you know Things that you don't mind being repetitive in your head and hearing for a while because you enjoy it. Yeah. Um, I, I don't think that any of these songs could have been used to drive someone crazy if they were on repeat for 10 hours. But if you're feeling up for the challenge, <laughs> there is a YouTube link of Sonic Green Hill Zone extended 10 hours long. And I suggest um, if you share an office space with somebody who's, you know, uh, at least six feet or more away from you, um, you just play this all day and see what happens. It's a great <laughs> social experiment. Um, but Glitch, why don't you tell the folks where they can go to vote on these songs and determine the winner of this matchup? Yeah, so uh, you can go to our Facebook page, Legend of Retro, uh, and get a vote there. You can go to our Twitter page. You can also get a vote at our Discord. So if you go to gamezillamedia.com, Go to our community page, and you can find the link to our Discord there. And lastly, if you're a $1 patron member, you get one additional vote there. Uh, but Chops, what else do our patrons get at the $1 level? Well, at the $1 level, you will also get access to our State of the Zilla podcast, which is basically a topic show on whatever the heck we want to talk about. Uh, we've ranged from toys to comics to anime, um, all sorts of different stuff. I think wrestling was a topic in there at one point. And um, really, it's a, it's, a, it's a show at the dollar level for you that is outside of our normal realm of podcasts. But at the $5 level, you'll get an extra show from each of our podcasts on the net network. So that's uh, Game Shark, which is our extra show for The Legend of Retro. You've got the... Um, Oh, end credit scene or uh, post credit post credit scene for last action podcast. Um, you've got Muster Bust for the Gamezilla podcast. Um, for Noise Lane Arcade, it's what Smart Line. Smart Line, and then for the um, oh my god, Noobs and Dragons podcast. I almost blanked on it. And I was on that one. Uh, Noobs and Dragons it is behind the DM screen, and so the the five dollar level you get a ton of extra shows. There's a backlog that'll last you for probably years to come. Um, yeah, that's the great thing about being a patron is you get like what came out this month, but you get everything prior to that. So it's all in, it's all accessed right there. Yep. So you can go back and listen to everything we've done in almost the two years we've had a patron level at this point. Mm -hmm. Our game chart. Yeah. So so you definitely go to patreoncom media and become a patron today. Yeah, all your support's really appreciated to all our current patrons. Um, helps keep this podcast going. So we really want to thank you all um, for contributing to our show. 
and um, please vote. It's a lot of fun to hear everybody's opinions in our Discord, so join the Discord because um, we want to make sure that we're talking to as many people as we can because it, it helps us improve the show, but also we like talking about retro video games and video games to other people who enjoy it, so join us. Um, other than that, uh, Greasy Glitch... Um, <laughs> You'll never get my grease. Uh, I'm going to lock you up, see? Yeah, I'm going to lock my you up one grease. day. Um, uh, I don't think I have anything else other than to close the show out. Are you ready for it? Let's do it. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to this week's Legend of Retro podcast. We'll see you all next time when the legend continues.